Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Realize your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with just one evening per week on campus. Open up your future by calling 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Joe Gibson, owner of J. Gibson Promotions and fiddle player with Sailor Bill. Joe was raised with traditional music, began playing the fiddle at the age of eight, and got £20 for his first paid gig at a college in Chrysler at the age of 13. He set up his own company with the help of DLDC a number of years ago, and is planning to tour Europe with Sailor Bill next year. Joe, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks very much, Keir. Joe, can you tell us a wee bit about your business and the service it provides? Um, well, we uh, provide uh, services in the entertainment business generally. Um, it's uh, As you can imagine, for most people that, that don't work in entertainment, their contacts are in the business that they work in, and that's kind of how we all work, really. We have contacts in our own field, and then we just help each other out. So if you have a party coming up and you want a, a piano or a string quartet, I mean, you can call me and I can connect you with those people and then just provide a service that way and that that's just like helping people out word of mouth and that generates goodwill and then the next time they need a fiddle player then I'll go and play you know so and then the music uh, industry kind of thrives on that way so basically if you have a need in entertainment specifically in music um, I'm kind of I'm your guy so Joe music is your thing you're a songwriter you're a guitar player you're a fiddle player so when did you decide to maybe make a more a full time business out of your passion well uh, uh, I came up playing uh, traditional music in the Letter Kenny here in the local cultist session and I uh, always played trad and I went to the sessions with my father but my father was a contractor and uh, so that's where we worked and that's what we did so we were in construction for a good few years and it was uh just after the recession hit and things were getting tight and uh, we were trying out a few different businesses trying to change with the times trying to keep with it and I just it kind of occurred to me I says I'm doing all these other things that I'm okay at but I'm you know I'm not so bad at the music so uh, I think it's time to maybe give that a shot so I think it was around 2012 2013 when I, I was already playing music and I noticed that even when the recession hit the music was still uh, sustaining me whereas other things weren't um, so I says you know what it's not so bad having to get up at 10 o'clock or first thing in the afternoon. So I'll, I'll, I'll give this music a real go. So so on a, a path I went just to start uh, playing and really it started off as a bit of fun and having the crack and now it's actually uh, over 10 or so years it's actually right turned into a business, you know. But it was that point when I, did, I went for it, you know. So Yeah, just going back to that point, 10 years ago, there's a lot uh, has happened in the last 10 years. Hmm. But can you maybe take me through... Uh, briefly that 10 year journey well um, it was never about money um, I, I kind of had a passion for doing what I love to do uh, it's, it made sense it's like I really love to play and, and there's a real joy that occurs because you're all you find you're all the time meeting people at their best when they're like it's Friday evening finish my week's work I'm going out you know or it's their wedding day or everybody's really in good form so it's a really good place to be you know, and and it's, you know, it's a happy place to be, as it were. So I was drawn to that. Like you meet new people all the time, as I say. There now, there's a downside to that. They're always up, so therefore you always have to be up. But it's a different person every week, so you have to try and find a way to manage that where you can get your downtime. But uh, 
for many many years it was more so about the crack and yeah the gigs came on and that was fine and we just played and, and we played in the band or I played with other groups and you know I played I joined other groups and played like I, I did a wee stunt with the Whistling Donkeys I did a wee stunt with different bands here and there and just to diversify I remember I was in bluegrass band for a few years played country but um yeah that was just really a creative journey just you know picking up tricks in different genres and jamming and whatever you know whatever came along we just that was the next job which was exciting as well as well as stressing sometimes you had really good work for two months and then nothing for a month or two so can that be frustrating it can be but when you kind of make the decision that you're enjoying yourself you you manage to you, you know that right october november is going to be quiet you kind of prepare for that whereas christmas is going to be mental and then January, February is going to be quiet because people are not going out. So you just get into a rhythm, you know. But you learn that over a few years. And I didn't let things like the bills piling up uh, stress me out. I says they'll get their money in March, do you know, because St. Patrick's Day is just two months away. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And they always did. So, But uh, that was when things were just more more about the crack, as it were. But uh, after about ten years of that, you kind of start to think, right, okay, that was, that was fun. But uh, now it's time to build a house or get a wee bit serious you know so that's when really had to start thinking about it as a business if I wanted to make it work long term you know and uh, I was always motivated to, uh, I didn't want to go back into you know the service industry or something like that or I'd worked for myself for so long I thought it was going to be difficult to go back and work for someone else so I said no I'm going to go for this and I know that things were going extremely well before COVID hit mm. uh, back in 2020, Joe. Well, that, that was uh, in 2019, I think it was around that time or 2018 when I was deciding to, okay, time to get serious about this and really give it a bit of a push. And that's when the, the DLDC kind of came in and came on board and, and they, they taught us, you know, how to kind of write this. Do you want to treat this as a business? Well, these are the things you need to learn, you know, income tax and, you know, and, and doing your returns and figuring all this out. So it was just to get, like, I already knew about a lot of that stuff already, but but it was just to say, okay, this is a big part of the music industry as well. You know, do you actually sit down and plan your year and figure out how much is actually coming in? Because before that, it was just like, money was coming in you know. just going back to the support from DLDC for a second there Joe how important was it uh, that you got that help at that time it was it was extremely important because uh, they like as I said you get into a rhythm with people around you and being in a creative space for a long time and being surrounded by creative people is a very good place to be but a lot of those people thrive on creativity and and going with the flow and that's not overly conducive to a business uh, atmosphere and, and get and, and striking those routines in a, in a week where you're like okay um, this is I have to get this done by and setting up deadlines whereas a creative space don't, don't really like deadlines as much it's like the music will come man <laughs> but uh, the, in the DLDC it was a no this is what you need to do and you need to have it done by then and like you need to work out what your yearly income is going to be and then approximate and then say okay that's what this year is going to bring can you work on that and make that any better and just talking to them and, and, and going through step by step what, what it actually takes to run a business you start to realize, right, okay, this this is going to take effort and time other than the time that was spent learning a craft, you know, and that that's a whole other thing. And you have to realize that 
any business for it to be successful you have to put in the time and effort so it's about making that decision yourself to okay right the crack has been had now now it's time to actually put in a bit more effort and so 2019 in association with the LDC and their support they start to help you strike these rhythms in the week and and throughout but then of course things were starting to work for me as well I noticed that oh if I put in this extra effort during the week you know I can actually increase the income and increase the, the workload and it's actually not that difficult because when you actually make that decision to take it seriously yourself you find that other people take you more seriously as well it's kind of about adding the value to what you provide and realizing that well this is what I provide and that's what they provide now if you want this that's what it is well, you don't, if, and, and be, you know, be respectful at all times. If they don't want it at the value you place on it, then you simply move on and look for the next client. Or, but you have to kind of stay true and realize what it is worth and try and push it that, at that angle and just stay strong as long as possible. Joe, you're one of a large number of businesses uh, that was involved in the DLDC uh, showcasing uh, local business event in the Clannery at the weekend. Um, what was your thoughts on that day? It was, it was great to see so many like-minded people uh, from businesses starting out in the fairly early stages coming together and letting the whole world know basically what they can provide and what they have, can, can do for people. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely great to see because it draws back to, you know, uh, being in the same circles as, as, as like-minded people because even with the best intentions like I and the guys the guys in the band will tell you this because I'll always sit down I'll come up with a good idea and we all know it's a good idea and right, like, we're going to do this you know a week later nothing three weeks later still nothing you know and, and time passes and then we've forgotten about it and then the next big idea comes along and nothing ever gets done because again you kind of fall into your old habits and routines and as long as things are okay you know it's quite hard and difficult to motivate yourself to okay you need to step it up here and do you know go for the next thing but when you find yourself in a room of other people other driven people that are really you know striking forward in what they love to do and you see that and you talk to them and, and they're and, and these are people that are telling you about their business and they're passionate about what they do you know it, it's it's revitalizing for you you know because part of why you're here now today you, know, you get to talk to people and you get to socialize in that way and then each of us now are kind of i i hope so but i know i am since coming from that meeting i'm like right okay said a few things on that stage the last day i need to own up to that now i need to work towards that you know so it, it's really beneficial just simply going there and socializing with the other businesses regardless of any business coming from it i think it's a great motivational tool for people in our situation you mentioned the band uh Sailor Bill, yeah. Can you tell our listeners uh, a bit about the band? Well, the band's been the, the biggest part uh, of the business. It's the main staple, as it were. Now, just one of the points that I, I would like to make it: if the music business is is a it can be a fickle thing, and to, like as you know, uh, if your main source of entertainment was a Friday, Saturday night, that's only two days a week. So you do have to try and find other ways to if you're going to stay in music work at other things but as I say the band is the main uh, staple at the moment um, it's also the thing that we're, we we get the most joy out of because we're we're working together and kind of creating new stuff and we're, we're striking out a wee bit more we, we've we started off as your pub band and, and playing wherever and now we're kind of moving to festivals and we want to secure tours and, and just kind of take what we do and show it to people and the great thing that I believe about the music industry is that it doesn't like each band is its own thing. It's completely unique. It's 
So it's hard to quantify it against another band. Yeah, each band is a uh, is individual in and of itself, and and I I just we I think we already get a kick out of what we do and what we're doing at the minute, and because we're taking it that wee bit more seriously, um, um we've made a decision to kind of you know share it with everybody, you know, and say right this is what we do. We may as well shout about it for a while and find the others that like us because there's a lot of people in the world, and we don't need it. We need a few of them to, to get on board. Are all the band members locally based, Joe? Basically, yeah. Uh, all around the northwest, we've got uh, Kieran and Mossy, Damien Moss and Kieran Neeson up on the cross, and uh, Kieran Gallagher. He, he, every time I'm talking to him, he's from another place, but he's currently residing in Letterkenny, and uh, Kevin's living next door there. He's in the flat. <laughs> so, and tell me, where are the, the Oh, neighbor? sorry, and Stephen O'Carroll as well, Derry. He can't, he's uh, he's in and out, but he's like we're hoping to get him on full time. Great box player. Sorry, Joe. Where did the name Sailor Bill come from? Um, that's what the name we started with uh, many years ago. One of the original members uh, had come up with the the word Sailor. He thought it was kind of a cool thing. And myself, uh, I was always kind of enchanted by the sea. But at the time as well, other bands were kind of naming their bands after characters. Do you know, um, like fictional or whatever. So we thought, well, when we create a a fictional character like Popeye, so we came up with Sailor Bill, and uh, at the time we used to do caricatures of each member of the band, you know, to kind of just come up with a different way of marketing ourselves that wasn't a poster of us standing in the field, looking wincingly across the the morrow. But uh, so that's that's where the, the band name came in, Sailor Bill, and it's just been it's been part it became a part of the identity, and and for some reason we kind of like to write songs about the sea and stuff, and so we're just kind of more and morphing as we go through into more like sailors and stuff so what do you like best about playing in a band that's the connection with everybody on stage um, it's like uh, how do you describe it without being uh, the boys would know me too well they'll not know me saying it these uh, ways um, each each member brings their own strength and it takes a while for you to find the right mix I think I, and what we have now is, is working quite well you know um if you start at the back, Kieran, we call him the Sledge. He is rock steady, powerful, bang. Like you'll not find another drummer. And other drummers will know you'll not find another drummer more solid with that kick, so that punch that you get. And he hits the drums hard. Ears be damned, right? So that's why this business can be short lived. So you got that rock steady beat, and then you've got Kevin grooving away on top of that with his bass playing. But his ability and slap, I often think, is quite like a boron. So you're kind of getting that trad, you know, if you make the boron sound, a wee bit of slap. Then you have Mossy, who's kind of laid back kind of attitude, the lead guitar player. He floats about playing wee lines here and there, but they're as sweet as a nut over this absolute raucous racket that's coming from the drums and bass. But this sweet, sweet bird sweeping in and out. So, like, he frustrates me. He's so laid back, but when he plays it's so good it's like okay fair enough Mossy good man now our newest member then you have Kieran on, on piano and he's got a great ear but he comes from a similar background as myself with the trad and he's also into his jazz and stuff like that there so he's, he's managed to sit in with the mix and colour it with the piano and then I'm just the lunatic that runs about the front roaring and screaming with the fiddle but I think that mix and each person has their own wee tool and you can depend upon it when you're playing. Whereas when I go out and do a gig on my own, it's 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 hard work because you're you're on your Todd and you're working the crowd, you're playing, you're holding the rhythm, everything's going. Whereas with the band, aside from them carrying in all the gear, they're also carrying you on stage as well, so you can just kind of relax and let them 
carry on. So it just makes the whole event more uh, crack. And then, sorry, again, Stephen on the box. He's played with so many bands, and you'll not find a better box player in the northwest of Ireland. Like, he's he's phenomenal. And the power he brings when he's squeezing, you know, you just need to see him and hear him. To, 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 uh, it's great. He's in and out. He's not in it with his full time because he's busy with his, with his real life job and all that there. But hopefully if we can try and snare him and keep him on full time, it would really round off the full sound, I think so. Joe, you played at Oakfest and Rafo at the weekend. Uh, can you tell me about that? Man, I have to say to all the organisers of Oakfest that uh, fair play, absolutely fair play because um, it's great to see something like that uh, happening in Donegal um, it, it, it's it's people looking at a situation, looking at what they have and saying right how can we do something that's good for the people around us and it's just uh, talk about hitting the nail on the head and there we'll take a break Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Realize your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with just one evening per week on campus. Open up your future by calling 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today. You're welcome back. Before the break, Joe Gibson was speaking about the success of Oakfest in Rafaux. It started off as just a one-stage event, a few people hanging about the garden. I was down out there at the weekend, and they had Ryan Sheridan and the Undertones, and Emerald teamed, teamed up with them, another great business in Donegal, doing great things, showing people how to do good things in this current market, which is very key. But the two of those, Oakfield Park, Emerald Guitars, teaming up with Landscape Instruments, and, and number one, bringing a load of Donegal talent. You had Mickey Joe Hart, Tanya McCole, a lot of young bands. Was it? Oh, I seen a great band there, uh, Sheer Buzz, new band. Watch out for them. Um, no, I, we were we were playing at it on the Saturday, and it was a great opportunity for bands to play in front of people that want to hear music and they want to really enjoy what's being played because they're there for the crack in the atmosphere, festive atmosphere. How much did you miss that during lockdown? <laughs> it's, it, we were talking about this. I was talking with uh, with Jimmy and Paul. They were spotted out and about. Um, like I was saying, when you do all this work, and that that is the twenty minutes of what those musicians have been waiting for. You know, every week or every when, as long as it takes to get there, because you're finally in a big open space with a fifty k rig, where the instruments are absolutely banging, and everything's sounding at its best. And you're in a you're on an event where everybody has actually paid to come and hang out and enjoy whatever it is you've brought to the table and they're prepared to hear the new stuff they're prepared to hear the old stuff it doesn't matter they're just they're there on the buzz of the atmosphere and everybody's in good form and I says that there is the 20 minutes that you know three four years of waiting and working towards and it's gone in 20 minutes but it's Jesus it's worth it you know and everybody around you see them all just vibing and it's just a great social release you know and it's something that people tend to undervalue but I guarantee you, anyone that came from that festival at the weekend this week, is, their form is definitely better. Just in relation to undervaluing things, hmm. was there possibly an undervaluation of live music and the entertainment industry um, before COVID, or is there much more appreciation of it now since COVID? Well, <laughs> um, I, uh, I believe there's a massive undervaluation of uh, the entertainment industry in Ireland uh, 
I don't, I don't have no qualms saying it because, and I'll tell you why. I've played in it for years, and I've seen, like, I've worked in in, in sectors like I worked in Connemara for a few years, right? Now, the people come in for dinner, and they stay for the music, and we only played maybe an hour and forty minutes, but they stayed maybe three hours extra, firing money and to the till, and all that money is taxed, and and that that generates income, generates jobs, right? And the time it takes to develop the craft, to A, perform your instrument, B, perform in front of people, and C, hold a crowd. Those are three components, and that's, that's, those are three things that Irish people do very, very, very well. Even, even the people that don't play music, we have an ability in this country to hold someone's attention and get them to open up. We're very good at that, and that Irish are very crafty. But that's what's marketable about Ireland. But you can't. How can you explain that? How can you put that down paper? That well, because these guys are playing here, and not just these guys or those girls or whoever, they're playing everywhere and every bar and every crevice and every county in Ireland. And people are travelling to Ireland. Yes, we have beautiful scenery. Yes, we have great food. But we have a culture that is loved all over the world. And I'm glad to see that uh, they've started the the basic income for artists and I'm thinking that that'll be a real move in the right direction because I think uh, the whole lockdown really showed people that that uh, music was a a way for people to release and socialise you know it gave people a new appreciation for what was going on I still think we have ways to go because it's very quickly people just I play music very good I'm a you know a lawyer or a doctor aye that's fair enough but it took me 10 years to get this good at fiddle how long did it take you you know, it takes time, and I started when I was eight. When did you decide to go and study to become whatever it was you were going to be? Maybe 18? You know, it takes a long time, a lot of effort. Sorry, I'm, I'm, that, this is an issue that uh, kind of gets a wee bit uh, heated for me. I'm a bit, uh, is it an opinion that is shared among your peers? Definitely, because there has been a, there was a musicians' union, there has always been a musicians' union, but musicians, again, by nature, are creative folk and they like to do their thing but all of a sudden we couldn't go out and play and we couldn't we couldn't generate our own incomes we couldn't uh, look after ourselves and so we needed something and people like as I said the DLDC they came in and they helped but out of that lockdown we have the Music Entertainers uh, Union of Ireland is it and they came together and formed a, a, a committee a voice for the musicians of Ireland and they pushed and they succeeded in getting the space again from for artists which is a great scheme where they're going to support people at a level that they have an income on a constant weekly basis and I believe it will still be taxable so if that musician then begins to generate more and more income they're still going to pay their dues but at least they're able to have that wee bit of a bed of a cushion to work and that's what the DLDC does to a great, great effect and instead of hampering people and making them afraid to, to go out and earn they should be giving them, or here, there's a few quid, go do your thing, but the whole thing is taxable, you know. And the great thing about that is as soon as, as, soon as I made that transition, um, and, and be, like, everything else opens up, grants open up, uh, so other supports open up, other businesses see you as a business, you know, it's about making that change, and it's, it's a change in society that we need in general. Instead of, oh, you're on social benefits, you're on this, you're on that, Oh, and having a look down on that person, she'd be like, "Okay, 
what 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 do you want to do? What would bring you the best outcome? And support them. Do you know? Because as soon as you start to support them, they're declaring everything, and it's it's an open book now. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's a better way, and it's bringing more and more people through into a better standard of work. I'd say. Just go back to Oakfest a second there, Joe. How big can that event become? I, I think it's, I think it's going to grow because what I seen at the weekend, the numbers at the like even the the Sunday was a bit damp. Now they had a belter every day on Saturday with the weather, um, but Sunday was a bit damp. But the crowds fairly descended. You could see them like coming in from six o'clock on. It was just getting bigger, and obviously there's there's more space there. So I would I would hope that it would expand. Um, who knows? But uh, right now, what I see is a fairly successful festival. I see no way, no reason why it shouldn't continue. I almost feel like should we just keep it for ourselves and don't tell anybody about it because it's quite nice now at the minute with the numbers. <laughs> you know, but I do, I do wish them well down there, and I hope, uh, I hope they do grow. You know, Joe, if you had followed your childhood dream job, what would you be doing today? I always thought I was going to be an actor uh, when I was a child. People might find that funny. Um, but uh, when I was in school, someone asked me, I'd already been playing the fiddle, someone asked me, would I enter a Stars in Your Eyes competition? And uh, the first character that I actually, would not believe this, but it was Gareth Brooks, Friends in Low Places. So when I did that, I learned the guitar to play, or I learned how to play guitar by learning Friends in Low Places, Gareth Brooks. Someone gave me a guitar, learned a couple of chords. I actually won the competition, and I thought, why would I be an actor when I could just be myself, ironically at the time, pretending to be Gareth Brooks? But... Uh, I got that buzz on the stage when I was playing in, in the Shellbridge out in the Clannery, in a full room, playing one song. And I was just like, oh, this is class. What age were you then, Joe? Oh, jeez. Um, maybe 16, 15 or 16. So I was doing that there, and uh, I thought, and I'd already been playing a wee bit in trad sessions. And I, I think I, I got my first gig or something when I was about 13 or 14. I got 20 punts down in a wee cottage in, in Greasla. And uh, I says, what was that like? Well, going back to school, you know, maybe first or second class with 20 punts after having played a wee session, and all you, you know, what? You earned that? Do you know? I said, like, yeah, I was like, playing at the weekend, you know, it was great. Was was that the first moment you realised that uh, maybe this is for me? Well, if well, I realised, hang on a minute, if I sit here and play a few tunes and people pay me for that, I says, that can't be a bad idea, you know? So I decided, eh? I'll, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll learn a couple more tunes and I can play a wee bit longer. Maybe they'll pay a bit more. <laughs> Tell me, Joe, what's the best lesson that you've learned in business? It's to treat it like a business. Um, you know, the, the, I, I, I do love what I do, right? And I do have a bit of a passion for business as well on the side. But I, at the end of the day, I love to play music and I love to get out there and, you know, just rock out with the, you know, with the system, playing whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be my own music in particular. I actually really love just playing anything at all. But if I want to continue to do that, to do that thing that I love, you do have to put in the effort. You do have to do the thing, as they say, right? Whatever that thing may be. Right now, um, the today's thing is filing that you know I have to do that after that then I have to get the tracks sent off for mixing and after that I have to start cutting up videos but I have to do it I have to sit down and do it and get it out there ASAP because before I know it the next project is on my table and it might be another it might be a small one like a gig or it might be a festival do you know um, we're, we're currently thinking now we haven't I'll share it with you but because it might be uh, 
something that the businesses of Letterkenny would be interested in is that you may remember the All-Ireland Fly was in Letterkenny back in 2005-2006 we were part of that um, Letterkenny Coltus and I are intending or setting our sights basically on bringing it back so that's going to be a project that's going to start within the next year or two in terms of just the planning to, to get the thing back you know so before you even start planning the event, you have to start planning how you're going to convince everybody to bring it back to Letterkenny. So that's that's a project in itself. So I need to get all these wee projects out of the road before something big like that lands. And that's a big undertaking, Joe. It is a big undertaking, but uh, Letterkenny is is making a lot of moves and and make and, and doing a lot of the right things. And so is Donegal and things like Oakfest and the Fly expands out. It's not just a small town. I see the town and I see the businesses within the town. They're 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 all locked down, kinda of shook everybody up, woke everybody up to right, there's a there's a different way of doing business, there's a different way of doing things and there's a better standard of living that we can attain, but we have to kinda of start working together. And I'm I'm just kind of excited to try and be part of that and, and see if I can do something that'll help whoever make it go that way, you know, because all our businesses and especially the entertainment business is kinda of built on goodwill and good faith. So if I can help help people here and hopefully help each other as they say Is there a person in business that you admire most Joe? Jeez <laughs> I don't know um, I, I can't really pick well there's a few successful uh, there's a few fairly successful bar owners um, actually a good friend of mine in Galway give me a second to think about it I suppose a good friend of mine in Galway I played with um Michael Carey as well as being a musician he was always a savvy you know whatever the next thing was um, and so like he, he joined the fire brigade and like we always picked things that was you know still working providing service you know and no better service I suppose than join the fire brigade but at the same time he was like this isn't what I want to do This, what I want to end up doing is maybe having a few pubs so now I've heard recently that he, he bought a place in Clifton and he's, he's turned it into a pub, you know, and, and now he's, you know, he's, he's expanding to that. He's he's using whatever skills he has and transferring them to, to get it as end goal. You know, he, he's a really good musician and he could tour worldwide if he wanted to be, and he has the contacts to do it, but he still has an affinity for home and he can play as much as he wants there uh, and he's figured a way to do that and then just still take the odd wee tour and at the same time now he's set up extra businesses on the side of what he what he and he's still playing away at the same time doing what he loves but just doing it on his doorstep and then the odd wee tour and at the same time setting up businesses alongside so i quite admire what he's doing you know joe if there's someone listening now uh, to the podcast um they have an idea for a business and they haven't just taken that next step uh, what would your advice be to them um it, it, it comes down to what's the smallest thing that you can do today that'll get you one step closer because a lot of people will see a task and see it as a huge thing that it's impossible for me to actually attain that or get to where they are and then the negativity starts creeping in from that point on and starts going oh but they had this and they got that and they had these resources it doesn't matter you can sit and say that all day long but it's going to just sit, keep you sitting there um Life, so hopefully everyone lives a long and healthy life, and so there's time. And one of the things I've been loving by recently is uh, I think it was Einstein said uh, the point of time is that not all good things happen at once, right? So take the journey and just keep making one move towards that thing because, like, 
if if I was to release a hit tomorrow and all of a sudden have no financial worries for the rest of my life, suddenly um, I might be wondering, hmm, well, what do I do now? I don't have to, you know, I don't have that thing. And, you know, it, yeah, it might be freeing, but it might be troubling as well. So if I, you know, later on or, or get the tours that I want comes later, but the work towards it, because as I say, it's over and the gig's over in a flash. Once you get that big gig, the following day, the gig's over. So, it's the matter of backing yourself? Big time. You, ha- you do have to back yourself. Um, and you have to understand that when you when you make that decision to back yourself, that uh, people will support you or, or people won't support you, but that's the way it is. Not everybody is going to support you because people are drawn to different people. That's the way life is. You've got a plus and a negative. Tie comes in, tie goes out. It's, you know, as long as you're, you understand that there will be people that will be into what you're doing. You just have to find them and you have to connect with them. And that's where you get to hang out. And then when you find that place, find that whatever that thing is that connects you with like-minded people, then there's no worries. Just don't don't focus on the people that are maybe pushing against you. Don't focus on that at all because that's just, they're not your people. They're they're for other things, you know. And that's okay. Understand that, appreciate it, respect it. But just... Keep looking for those ones that they want to buy your album. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> and finally, Joe, what does the future hold for yourself and your business? Um, I'm never quite sure. Uh, at the moment, our, our our goal, like we we came out of lockdown, we said, right, okay, that was a bit of a break. We need to do some work. So we 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 uh, we secured bigger venues, and we have to thank the uh, the crossing, Mark Crossing in the town. There, he's uh, has us in the Pulse and Voodoo, you know, two big venues in the town. Um, so the next thing now is to take it out, out of Ireland really because I've already done a few tours with myself and the band has already done a couple of tours to Denmark um, and they've been relatively successful so there's no reason why we can't you know, find find an oak fest in Germany find an oak, they're, they're happening all over the world all the time and it's just really a matter of connecting with them it's not a question of if we'll get the gig it's a question of when we'll get the gig because right now they don't know who we are because we're just a band in Donegal but in a couple of weeks' time, I'll have a list of festival event or you know organizers, and all I have to do is contact them and just say, "Well, if you book us, then you'll you get a good product." And if you believe it, then hopefully they'll believe it. You get there, you prove it. The next gig comes, and that's that's basically what's next for us. And uh, I'm confident to say that we'll, we should have it within the next year to eighteen months with relative certainty. <laughs> Joe Gibson. Owner of J. Gibson Promotions and of Sailor Bill Band, thanks for joining us today on Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Joe Gibson. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Realise your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with just one evening per week on campus. Open up your future by calling 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today.